I'm somewhere, for sure. Welcome, everybody, joining. We get Kay on the mic here as well. Get right into these charts. Hope you had a good weekend, Sean. It's been pretty lively over here. I've been having a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems that. You've been doing really good. I think um, lots of great content coming up. We've had the clocks go forward today, so um, we're a bit out of sorts. It seems to be very, very bright at this hour, which is good. You know, it means it's uh, halfway to summer. So, uh, yeah. I'm, I do not want it to be summer because it gets roasting here. But, you know, the life of the, living yeah. in the desert. Hey, Kay. Got you on the mic there. How you doing, sir? Hey, Nate. Hey, Sean. Doing great. Good afternoon. Good morning. Great to have you back this week. How are the croissants? Oh, man. I'm sick of eating croissants. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I funny. If you guys didn't know, last week, uh, Kay was at a um, contest, right? Like a baking contest? Yeah. So it was in New York. This was the... It was a French contest, so all the restaurants or all the baking bakers who you know bake French croissants, they had this competition, and it was a final. So one of our local baker was actually participating there, so we went to support him. And it was like a 90-minute, you can eat as many croissants as possible, taste everybody's croissant. I got so sick of eating croissants, I was like, man, I have had almost two years' worth of croissant in one day. <laughs> That sounds, that sounds great to me. I don't know. What do you think, Sean? I like croissants, but not that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, well, let's get into the, the fun stuff, all the all the data and the charts, and see what we got for next week. I'm starting to add things to the nest, but I'll keep doing that here in a minute. Um, the Just to run through last week's uh, performance, S&P was up 1.39%. Uh, the Dow was also up 1.18 and NASDAQ up 1.66. So despite all the market volatility and the banks and the news around bank runs and all of that, uh, positive news across the board there. That's got S&P positive 3.42% for the year. NASDAQ's up almost 13%, just, just shy of 13% on the year, which is uh, showing you techs leading the way, right? And then... Of course, our favorite Bitcoin. I shouldn't say favorite. I just like talking about in these uh, numbers every week. Just and then we move on to the charts. But um, you know, up two percent over the last five days as of this morning. But it was up sixty-seven. It's up sixty-seven percent for the year. It got to positive seventy percent as it touched twenty-eight k. Um, so for you Bitcoin enthusiasts out there, a really strong start to the year and a strong week. And uh, I think the volatility in the bank news is is helping inflows over to the Bitcoin uh, side of the house. Just to add to the what, Nate, you mentioned, uh, last week, 9 out of 11 sectors in the S&P 500 were in green. Um, and Netflix, one of those stocks, which we haven't heard in a while, was almost up 8.2% in the week. So. Yeah, that's... Wait, how much was it up? 8.2% weekly gain, Netflix. Hey, that's huge in one week. I did not even catch that. No, thanks. Was there any, uh, I don't, rem I don't remember seeing big earnings coming this week. Do you have big earnings, uh, to talk about at all? Okay. There are, there are three earnings that might be of your interest. One is, of course, Micron, so MU, ticker symbol. Then you have Jefferies, uh, and then you, the last one we have is Lululemon. Uh, there are a couple of retail favorites like Skills that I don't personally follow. Uh, and I think there's a Planet 13. 
uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Most of them are uh, smaller companies, smaller market caps, a couple of Chinese companies as well. I think uh, the Planet 13 is a cannabis stock, is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right on. Um, let's see here. Again, these things added to the space. You guys are going to have to give me a minute. But uh, I don't, I'm trying to think, and I'll be honest, I was on this morning. It was a great conversation, by the way, if anybody missed it. Um, was interested in dividend investing. Great conversation with at SmartNetWorth1 and at the Dividend Dog. Nick and Dog were great. And so I've been busy with that all this morning, which is awesome. And I'll be adding that to the Substack as, as well. But um, yeah, what, what, I, mean, I can't, because of all of that, I can't remember last week. What were the big, uh, were there big earnings last week as well? Or I don't recall anything. Have, um, oh, you know, it was Arista, yeah. right? Ain't it? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Nike as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they had, they had strong earnings. They had good earnings, right? Nike came through with good earnings. Yeah, I think the forecast wasn't great. Judging by their stock price falling Which one was that? Uh, Idea Worldwide. Idea Worldwide. I'll have to check that out. Ticker symbol I-Z-E-A. Thanks, Sean. All right. So let's see here. I think I've got... Oh, tell me that you your charts got up in there. I see QQQ. Do I see your spy chart? There it is. Yes. Got them all in there. All right. I, th- I think we can get rolling. Let's get into these charts. I've been... Uh, looking forward to see what we got. I've got in, in here a couple of weekly charts as well as daily charts. So I think first up, though, as always, we'll start with uh, SPY, looking at the Spider Index for the S&P 500. And let's look at your chart first, Sean. Uh, what do you got? Daily, and, um, I've got a new addition this week, and I've added the 20-day moving average. And a bit of inspiration from you actually having three different moving like averages it. just to kind of get the, the general move within the stock. Um, in my opinion. So we've got all the moving averages kind of conversing into kind of similar sort of range with the 392 up to kind of 400. So these days we consider that a small range, I don't know if you'd agree, but the volatility in the market, I think that's uh, certainly true. Um, but I've drawn a little wedge kind of uh, trend line coming down from, where is that, about 420 level back in February, kind of down to the 395 where we are now. And obviously the bullish momentum would be to push through that trend line and hopefully set a new trend or just even make a move back up to the 416 level um, in the short term. Obviously the macro will depend on that as well. Um, but another little thing I want to point out in this chart is the 389 level, um, which I've got the, the black line across there. Uh, that's just a, a good buying thing. So we, have, we saw that on Friday. Uh, lots of volume came in. We had a nice steady move up for, for about you know, six hours of that day, I believe. And uh, yeah, you can see it back as well. January and also back in November last year. Just good buying volume at that level. Um, so yeah, something to look forward to for, for the future of SPY, at least in the short term. I don't know what your, your guys are thoughts on this one. That volume, that big increase in volume is definitely notable. I, I like that you highlight that. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to even talk about that. Yes. 
Yeah, you, meant, yeah, you mentioned that. you mentioned some support with volume there. I thought I heard you say, and that's what drew, drew my eyes down there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that that's solid to see that you always want to see at support levels. Um, and then, you know, I, I would, uh, I'm flattered, by the way, that you've included the 20 day and said I've, you know, a little bit of inspiration. That's fantastic because I love the 20 day. Not when it's not being obeyed, but when it starts being uh, paid attention to and obeyed, it's a, a great resistant uh, measure for the short term. So uh, that's awesome to see. Yeah, What's I'll that? I see that throughout the space as well. Um, the previous spaces that you've shown the 20, it does kind of move around that area. And I think it's important to note that for, for the watchers, the listeners, whatever. Yeah, it's a great guide, right? It's a great guide. Um, I'm in the chart that I posted and it, it ties into what you're seeing, but it's, um, I don't know. I feel like it's, a, I'm a little bit less certain. I've got actually two here for spy the daily first on the left. And I noted this earlier in the week that we're, we're pinched again, right between the 50 and hundred day. Um, and I'm wondering if what we're, what we're going to see, are we going to see a break higher or lower? And uh, the reason I added the weekly is because it, it kind of gives a little bit of perspective that we're in this big wedge that's been forming over the past year um, and are really going on two years now and which way we break, I think is going to be meaningful. You might get a head fake and pull back in. I mean, obviously the wedge is a, as a guide and and it helps with probabilities. And when we do break it, the idea is that the momentum, you know, we've, we broke either that demand support or we broke through uh, that overhead supply and then you should get a decent move um, because this is a consolidation kind of pattern, right? So I don't know which way it's going to break. I don't have any idea. But uh, the fact that we're pinched on the daily and this wedge is tightening up, I can see it moving sideways for uh, you know a few more weeks, honestly. Or even, I mean, I'm, I'm of the mindset that this year is largely going to continue to move sideways and test recent yeah. highs and test recent lows. Yeah, if you if you can capture that range and trade it aggressively and correctly, um, yeah, that could that can make a lot of money, no doubt. I've been uh, talking a lot about collecting yield, you know, over over here we're selling calls, um, but also just using dividend um, collection, dividend yield to help with the sideways market because you can have them reinvest and buy more shares as we're in this range, and then you know once things take off, you've accumulated quite a bit of shares. That's something else I've been thinking about and, and adding two positions uh, for what that's worth. And SPY does uh, give you a dividend yield, right? Yes, it does. Different than SPX, right? So, yeah, it's a good call, Kay. So, interestingly, on the call and the put side, you know, the couple things that really popped out for me was that last week uh, we were in an extreme fear. However, that has changed to fear now, So, which means that the, the put-to-call ratio has improved, right? It's 0.97 put-to-call ratio, which means that there are more calls versus puts. And if you look at these uh, very near at-the-money um, uh, strike prices, you have about 47,000 at 400 and 57,000 at 390. So it's, it's in that range. 
But if we go back two weeks ago, and I have that data with me right in front of me. So when the options were expiring on 317, and you just look at the put options at that point of time, you were having open interest at 100,000 plus contracts at 385, 101,000, 125,000 open interest at 380. So there was a lot more bullish, uh, bearish momentum two weeks ago. I think with the latest um, uh, rate hike uh, and you know the bailout of the these smaller banks, I think that has changed the momentum at least from the from you know it's not as bearish I would say. Right. But I, I agree. still be careful. And and Nate, as you said correctly, and, and I, I think it's very hard to pinpoint the trend here. It's it's probably going to be a sideways. You may get one day high, one day low. It's very difficult to. I, I think for traders, I think this is a good market because you just have to trade, right? You're not investing, but if you're an investor, you have to take a long term approach over here. Yeah, you have to stick to your discipline. This is where you can really test your patience, right? Um, yep. It's really nice to see a couple percent gains every, you know, a couple of months. But if you just see it up and down, up and down, you know, it's tempted to start moving money around and doing things you otherwise wouldn't or shouldn't do. So, yeah, for me, when I get in these sideways markets, my whole mindset is just keep accumulating and identify this big consolidation range and remember what's happened in the past when we've broken out of these consolidation periods. And so, yeah, it, it is harder to stay focused, though. 100% agree there. So looking for some positive signs on the, the market here. I was, I've been trying to see what, what our leaders are, right? And in the past few weeks, we've talked about SMH, the semiconductors, and I've also talked about uh, biotech. And one's doing well, one's not. So I wanted to take a look at those this week. Um, SMH, the ticker for the Vanek uh, Semiconductor ETF. Um, it's got, you know, top holdings, NVIDIA, AMD, and then a numerous other chip chip stocks. And we're right at this key level of what I've noted here, 246.30 roughly. So two, four, call it 246. And it was this nice upward move momentum that we've got. Um, you'll see it in the chart of NVIDIA that we've got later. And interesting to hear your thoughts on that, Kay. Um, but the this nice rounding bottom and, and pushing up to the upside. I'm expecting us, you know, if we get a little bit of a, a pullback this week, that wouldn't be surprised. That's what I'm trying to indicate with that red dotted line pulling back and then a bounce off that support, which is where that 20 days coming in and the 50 days coming in as well. Um, and if we don't hold there, I think it breaks and drops down to the 150 day or you know, right at the same support level at 216, 216.50, which has been support re- before. So um, those are the levels I'm looking for. If we do get that bounce, I want to see it run right up to 270. Um, and, and, you know, take some profits there if you do get that run, because I would expect again to see it check back to that 20 day moving average, which it seems to want to hold here recently. Um, yeah, what do you, what do you see here, Sean? Anything you'd add? Um, nothing. I think you covered most of it there. I think putting back down to the 246 level, it would be, would be nice because you've got the arrows pointing back, uh, last year at a time. So it has hit there, which means the more times it hits that area, more solid, um, kind of generally. So bounce off of that and moving to 270, and if we get a bit of momentum, good news, etc., good market, maybe 288, and there's nothing stopping it really. NVIDIA seems to be an absolute tear. Again, we, we'll, we'll talk a bit about that later on. But um, yeah, I think it's moving in the right direction. It's got good, good 
volume, but from what I can see, um, it's not so much increasing, but it's, it's steady. Um, some days are better than others, of course. But yeah, I think following this 20 and 50 is key, and I think we can move back up to 270 without really many problems, I think. Um, wishful thinking, maybe, but this is just what I'm seeing on the chart. Yeah. Um, by the way, what do you guys think of my new charts? I've changed the colors because I was struggling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I love them. Yeah. yeah. Good, yeah. Ah, thanks. I just had to, I was fishing for compliments there. Thanks. Um, yes. Normally people, um, normally people change the red color instead of the green color to make it more psychologically uh, acceptable. But you changed the green. What was the thinking behind that? Wait, I changed which to green? You changed green to white. Oh, green to white, yes. Okay, sorry. So, because I'm colorblind, and I have a... So that's why I had to ask a funny question like that, Sean. So, I oh, I have a hard... <laughs> no, it's great. I love talking about it. So, I have a hard time deciphering between green and red, and I came across, actually, some charts on Twitter. I saw somebody posting, and they were in this red and white with a black background, and I said, oh my God, I can really see this so much better. Why am I not doing this? So... I went with the white for the green candle and the, you know, held the red because I can tell the difference between white and red. So there's no, there's no confusion where red and green, I had to find like just the right hues and whatnot. Um, so that they wouldn't look yeah. too much the same. And so, yeah, that's why I did this totally selfish move here. But, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty common with color blindness, red and green, isn't it? I had a friend a few years ago that was red and green, uh, difficult as well. Yeah, I've got both the red and green and the blue purple. So I've got, <laughs> I've got all the struggles in the colorblind world. It's great. I mean, I can see color, which is fortunate. Like my grandfather, my mother's father could only see black and white grays. Well, grays, I should say, is, is my understanding. And so, yeah, a little bit more difficult to read charts in that world. But, uh, yeah. So anyways, I had to fish for some compliments because I'm enjoying these charts, uh, thoroughly. So, but we'll keep, we'll keep it moving. We'll keep it moving. Um, I mentioned that XBI was another one that I, uh, I was hoping would be a leading indicator, a sector that would uh, push us to, to new levels. And you can see that rounding started to take place. So what I've got here on this daily chart is, uh, or what I'm seeing, I should say, is that, that square that's high, or the rectangle that's highlighted was that consolidation period. And then you see this move higher, which was great, forming that nice rounding pattern. And instead of a quick check back, maybe to like the 85 level and moving back up, given the, that cup and hand, handle formation people talk about, uh, and it, it just kept going. I mean, this steep decline here all the way back below 80 with no signs of slowing down was really discouraging. I thought we would get a, a, some support around 80 and we didn't see anything near that. And it just continues to sell off. So uh, it looks like we're heading back to 67 unless we get some real support here this week and hold the levels it's at. Um, but, yeah, I just want to highlight this because it, it unfortunately is not going the way it, we want it to go. And you got to highlight both of those things, right? SMH is doing what we thought. XBI is not. Just to add on to this, Jason, I think that's because maybe people trying to I think they're more speculative, yeah, so that would make sense. And then you've got the semiconductors being a part of like the new infrastructure bills in the, in the States, and 
Uh, so it's part of, it, I think chips are looked at as more fundamental to uh, a lot of different areas of the economy. So I think maybe that's helping them as well. But yeah, I think you're right. XBI is, is more speculative. And so people will exit if they are, are more likely to exit if they're worried about where markets are going. Yes. Some of these, uh, uh, the grades that uh, we have on XPI, it's a pretty sell and strong sell from analysts. Oh, yeah. So even analysts have turned, because I, I was reading, I remember reading anyways a few months ago about uh, watch XPI that could be a leader, and that's what got my attention on it. I've always watched it, but yeah. So that's that's another disheartening thing uh, to, to note. So let's get off this one. I did want to bring it up because I, I do want to not just ignore things that didn't quite work out. Um, but let's see. What do we have next up? I think we have the Qs, right, Sean? Yeah, Qs. Uh, I muted. But yeah, Qs, fantastic, yeah. So we've got um, what looks like a double top form, in, in, in my opinion. Oh, interesting. Quite a hard, re- quite a hard rejection. Oh, hear me out. There's two different ways here. Um, but we've got a hard rejection off of this kind of 312 to 314 level, just literally Wednesday and Thursday together. Um, and they're just two very ugly candles, but then followed by a very bullish candle, in my opinion. So we've dropped all the way down to that kind of 307 level, from what I can tell from the chart here. And we've pushed straight back up to 3, what, 311 almost. Um, which, if basically, if we can get another couple of good candles and break through that 314 level, I think we're, we're, you know, we're pushing towards 320 um, fairly quickly, in my opinion. But then, obviously, that would be an interesting distance point, obviously, with all of the macro, etc. And we would be kind of pushing quite heavily above the moving averages, in my opinion, so maybe reversion to the mean uh, eventually. But that's what I see in this chart. Kind of, I kept it simple, just a few lines on here. Um, two bearish candles followed by a bullish candle. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts. Here. What makes you, uh, if you can comment on that last bullish candle, what are the characteristics that, get, that make it bullish? So you've got a, a bottoming tail, which is obviously it's, it's dropped down and it's pushed up and it's finished right at the top. It's not left any tail at the yeah. top, which indicates buyers coming um, late and obviously perhaps coming to the next candle, you know, full of. Gusto, shall we say, and maybe push that into a quite heavy green. Um, the other British characteristics I see in that candle, and obviously the kind of the retracement from the previous candle is, is over 50%, albeit slight, um, but it is over 50%, which normally means it's uh, kind of pushing towards that British side as well. Yeah, that's great stuff. Thanks, Sean. I, uh, I totally agree. And those candles that close, you know, we get buying all the way into the close. Uh, I, I like to look for that for momentum into the next day. It's interesting that it's right here at this resistance for that double top potential double top level. Um, and it is scary. I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, <laughs> especially with those two long wicks to the upside that yeah. didn't work out. Yeah, no, that's I think that's the right thing to highlight here. Okay, you got anything else to add on this chart for the cues? Yeah, so I think on the I think on three ten we had this golden cross. 50-day crossing the 200-day, so that was that kind of indicated the bullish move up. Uh, another interesting uh, data point on this one is that uh, we are above the September high, so which was 308, so we are way past that. Uh, on the FIB level, I do think that 316, 315, 69, so I say 316 would be your resistance level. 
we did have two rejections at that level in the last couple trading days those little you know doji wicks over there yeah um and on the call side on the 331 option side uh, you do have more bullish so at 11000 open interest at 320 and on the put side you have 9000 at 305 but interestingly if you do options for spy or qqq you will notice that generally at each $5 level there are mostly more options open interest compared to these uh 1 or 2 dollar levels so these like 385 390 395 400 these are more like a psychological level so generally have more contracts open at those levels but seems like a more bullish sign for now uh, unless we get hit by another uh, bad news like i think we we'll probably hit 316 uh, around that level since there are more call options that's what i'm looking at good stuff i love it I noted that fib resistance is good information. I I don't yeah, use Yeah, that's quite on the Golden Cross as well. Yeah, yep. There's nothing but mixed signals. That's what I'm seeing. As you say, a trend is your friend, but the problem is the trend changes every day. Yeah. <laughs> And then just give us a sign, right? Just give us a sign. <laughs> They, that would be right. That, that nobody would want to listen because they would just know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Um yeah, it's just it it makes it all that much more fun to be honest, but yeah. Good stuff. All right, so next chart we got we're going to get into the stocks. Um and I've got a number of your charts lined up. So Palantir was the first one I had, Sean, and I have not looked at Palantir recently. What have you got? What do you see here? So Palantir, I see basically a positive future but uh, um now let me explain for <laughs> yeah, we can see that the three moving averages are kind of coming together, and the stock has stayed above it on the last four trading days. Now that to me is a good sign. Obviously, we've got some mixed candles there, but the last one, similar to the QQQ, it's not a bullish candle as it sorts, but it does leave a little bottoming tail, which means it has kind of bounced off the twenty and the fifty at the same sort of time. Um, and I've drawn no kind of resistance and support lines. I just want to keep it simple this week for Palantir. And just creating perhaps perhaps um, a positive trend for the next uh, well let's say weeks months uh, short term really uh, but yeah I'm hoping to move up to kind of nine ten level uh, within the next couple of months generally that's kind of how the moving averages I want to kind of perceive them this week do you have any thoughts on this one yeah that convergence of the moving averages for sure and I- I'd actually be looking for them to push through the two hundred uh, not the QQQ the threat that I've gone across. Well, yeah, that's go ahead, Jay. No, I was saying um, absolutely. That's exactly what I was looking at Palantir as well. Very close to the Golden Cross, um, and you can actually see it on the options contract. Uh, the options on both put and call they're pretty much even out uh, at eight eight fifty, depending upon how you want to trade. So this could be a very good weekly trade, bi weekly trade, rather than. Um, You know, if you're an investor, you just want to buy Palantir for long term. Of course, you know you can do that at every level. But I think for for weekly trades, this this is a good opportunity because um, you know you could get a big uh, bounce up uh, in the coming days or weeks. And, and by that, do you mean kind of swing trade? It's kind of commonly known as is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, on the on the yeah. options, on the at least on the on the folks in the US, uh, they can do weekly options. I know, uh, Sean, you cannot do options in the UK. Uh, but definitely, I, I think this is a good weekly income generation you can try on. 
for the for the folks in the US. That's how I look at it here. Sometimes I feel like I'm missing out on options. <laughs> that's that's how they're designed to make you feel like you're missing out. They pull you in, Sean. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um you know what I'm seeing here, just to add to the, the chart review is it looks like a bullish flag. I mean, it's not the cleanest. It's a little bit messy, but you've got the huge move up. Now we've got this consolidation and this kind of downward flag forming. And then if you see that break to the upside, it should move right back up to the recent highs. And quite frankly, uh, the way the pattern usually works, I shouldn't say usually, the way the pattern, uh, you know, plays out or, or is designed is that you would move higher. So, uh, that's really an interesting setup and would be extremely positive. So I like that from a speculation, you know, very speculative standpoint. I'll remind everybody, we are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. I certainly hope you're enjoying the entertainment value and enjoying our thoughts, but uh, don't want to mix anything up there. And so getting back to it, the, the bullish flag is what I'm seeing here, Sean. So I'm, I'm hopeful because I know you've got that long-term look, but I'm sure you'd like a short-term pop here. Yeah, I think every talented investor has kind of want that. It's been enough kind of a couple of years, really, maybe slightly shorter than that. So it's just been nice to have a bit of positive momentum for six months or so. Yeah, let's see what happens. This week will be interesting. So you, you posted NEO, I noticed. And, um, yeah, I, I like this chart here. And I, w- I was looking at my chart in NEO. I didn't post this week. But it feels like we've moved into a, like a new channel, a lower channel. And and I, I also see a trend line you've got. So is that a blue circle? Yes, it is a blue circle. Yes. You me. I like my blue circles. <laughs> that's, um, that's my target point, really, for the next uh, kind of week or so, I think, okay. maybe a couple of weeks. Um, just because we've kind of bounced off that 20-day moving average, as you can kind of see, although it's kind of a bit rough, but it is a fairly clean bounce, I see there. Um, but the, the trend line coming down is actually, it can be seen in the weekly, it can be seen in the monthly. That's a, a very large trend line. And we're just basically sitting on it. And very rarely have we sat on it for two or three more days. Obviously, I can't really put it all in this chart because you wouldn't be able to see it. Um, but very rarely you sit on the trend line for two or three days. And I've, been, I've just been simply looking for a move up to kind of 9.50. And then, you know, the following days after that, just to confirm that trend break. And perhaps move above 10 and then really change the trend, really change the momentum for the, for the stock. And the company needs it as well, I think. And a lot of uh, neo investors are becoming a bit frustrated, a bit maybe uneasy, a bit impatient. Me personally, I'm not like that, a bit more patience and I'm looking forward to the year's future. And I'm just going to keep accumulating on these levels. And if it goes lower, I'll keep accumulating, of course. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can break this trend line and um, look for a brighter future, move up to that blue line. Yeah, so we're looking for a trend break. Yeah, I'm tracking, and I, I had the I had 940, but um, your level is much more accurate around the 950 as far as that where it rejected, and I think that's the the high end of the range, and eight dollars roughly is the low end. I wouldn't be surprised if we see it, you know, kind of track back down to eight as it you know gets in that wedge. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But a break above that trend line um, would be something that would definitely get my interest for a short term. And yeah, you know, for the long-term traders, dollar cost averaging here uh, looks looks ideal if you're convicted in, with your, uh, you know, investment in NEO. And I know you are, Sean, absolutely. Yeah, and I think 
big stops like this, we have such a high following, um, you know, big kind of retail holding, etc. If we do bring that trend line, the news is going to get out quickly, then people are going to get FOMO, and people will start jumping, and it could turn a bit nasty in a positive way, but obviously it's not healthy really for the stop long term. But, you know, things could move quickly if it does perhaps happen. But, you know, again, like you said, it's not financial advice, it's just sometimes that happens with these types of stocks, these high following stocks. And if you agree with that, if you've seen your experience. I do, yep. That's how they move. And you'll see it in the things I'll look at is the ATR, average true range. Um, you can look at uh, their, um, oh, I just lost it. That's too funny. Um, but their implied volatility, excuse me, that's what I was trying to think of. So I'm sifting through charts here. Um, but yeah, implied volatility will also do that. Uh, it give you a nice indicator of how much it sh- the stock is going to be moving. Okay, what else do you look at? Do you have anything else you'd add to those? Uh, I do MACD, RSI. I generally look at the moving averages. Uh, sometimes I also look at the triple moving averages, uh, like the 4, 12, and uh, I think it's 4, 12, and 19, 18, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, so those are some indicators. I think in respect to NEO now, because I'm generally a long-term investor in NEO, uh, unlike, uh, I don't have that big of a position like uh, Sean has, uh, but um, I think a couple of levels that I had marked long time ago, and I'm, I'm still tracking those, I think mine is a little bit not as accurate as yours. So uh, the level that I think they need to break is a 1026 from my perspective that I, mm. I am actually eyeing. And then if this trend continues a downward trend, I think the support that I'm watching is 651. Again, these are more long-term rather than short-term. Uh, and then on the option side, pretty much you're looking at 8,000 open interest, 3,000 open interest, you know, call versus put. So there's really not much you can you know, decipher on a weekly basis. But this could also become your uh, weekly options trading if you want to use that along with Palantir and SoFi and a couple others, because these are uh, smaller investment, I would say. You would just need, what, $900 uh, right. if you're using covered calls or cash secured puts. So that's yeah. one way to look at it. Yeah, Neo's been in my covered call portfolio, and I've sold somewhere around, I think I'm getting close to a dozen times I've sold uh, calls while it's been in this range and moving lower, and just offsetting uh, some of the risk. I actually wrote about in the newsletter today, uh, that I posted today, and it was great because you know there it didn't work out the way I wanted it to do in the short term, but the amount of loss I had was far less than what I would have had I not been offsetting by selling those calls. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that strategy. So, um, Micron is a new one. We got uh, ticker MU next, and uh, Sean, this one's got a nice defined range. I mean, this is you talk about traders. Uh, enjoying a range. This is like a trader's dream right here. <laughs> it's just it really is. bottom yeah. to top, bottom to top. <laughs> well, I think um, we might be heading to that top bit again. So obviously, it's just around the corner. I think it's, uh, I can't remember what day it was, but we've got earnings this week. At some point, okay, you might be able to chip in with that in a second. Um, but yeah, it's on the 28th. 28th, that's where Tuesday. Um, so we've got earnings on Tuesday, so that could be a potential catalyst. Negative or positive, of course. Earnings are a bit like that. Um, but generally, I this is kind of a stop for long term in the semiconductor space, etc. Um, but if we can break this um, this kind of area consolidation really for since uh, last June, mid June last year, if we can break this to the upside, then we're going to be entering that other period of consolidation, which you can see at the top left of the chart between 66 and 74, and ultimately be looking at 
going straight up to 64, uh, 74, sorry, and then um, potentially breaking that for the future of the stock. They've got a healthy balance sheet. I was looking at it earlier. I'm not a long-term investor in the stock. I'm not particularly interested in, in the stock for the long-term either, generally. Um, but just some things to look out for, the health of the stock, if you are going to look at the long-term balance sheet. Um, but yeah, just generally, just breaking through this consolidation period, I think it's good. It's above all three even averages, which I think is important. So this is what I want to point out. It's the perfect trading range, as you alluded to a minute ago, Nate. Um, but this particular, particular chart has two um, trading ranges, which I thought was quite interesting, and that's why I wanted to add it this week, um, just as an example of um, good trading ranges for all the listeners. We have seen a little bit of a pattern here where we were getting these stocks that had been on a downtrend flattening out a bit. That's what this looks like, right? We're flattening out and yeah, targeting moving back up into that uh, higher range is, I think that's a great strategy and something to look at. So yeah, I like what you presented here and this is not on my radar. So thanks for bringing this forward, Sean. Okay. Anything to add? Yeah. Um, so interestingly, so you have the earnings on 328. Um, the expectation is the earning per share will be negative 85 cents. Revenue expecting about 3.7. Now, interestingly, I kind of uh, took a little bit broader view on the chart. One thing what I re started realizing that uh, you, we had a double top on this one last August. You can call it double top, and it got rejected right after that from the 64 level mark. And then we ran up again to the 64.29. So if, if, I, if I do a fib level from the bottom to the top of 64, you will notice that this stock gets rejected, got rejected one, two, three, four, almost five times at the 64, 64, 29, so 64, 65 range, I would say. That would be your um, uh, resistance level. And uh, if we are doing a weekly options on this one, we do see a lot of uh, open interest at 61, 2000 open interest. We see at 64, 1.2, 65.6. But on the put side, uh, very similar numbers, 2.6 at 60 and 2.9 at 59. So again, um, this can also be used as your weekly options, but some something to look at. I think 64 is 64, 65 is your real resistance level since it has been rejected five times uh, in the last, I would say, uh, eight nine months. Yep, that's. And uh, onto that, it's added support four times, well three times, really back May June last year, and then when it finally did break, it broke really aggressively. Yeah. So you could see if it, if it does break that 65 level, as you, as you mentioned, it may break that aggressively in the same way and move straight up to 74 kind of area. Exactly. And, and I think that will really depend on the earnings and the guidance. If, uh, since their earning EPS is still in negative, if the future outlook changes, I think you may be able to see that big break. Yeah. Yeah, to put, put that in perspective and just to kind of put a bow on this one, um, I I like to see it break above that level, that 65 resistance, you know, in that range. And then you'll usually see it retest it here. And then if you were to allow that to play out, you're reducing your risk when you're taking entry for upside because you've seen it break and retest. And you still, if it does move from that 64, 65 up to 74, that's a $9 move on a $65 stock. Um, that is nothing to sneeze at. What is that, 12%, 13%? I'm not doing the math. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. But it's a double-digit percentage move, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it certainly is. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's a 
nice move that you could get in a short amount of time and a stock that is showing you clear ranges. So I I like it. I like that kind of setup for a trade. That's the kind of thing you want to look for. Um, Good stuff, Sean, as always. And uh, I noticed you, we we listened last week. We had a request on uh, ticker B-A-B-A for BABA. And I noticed you posted that. So let's look at that one next. Yeah, so I, I, I mentioned it last week as well, that this barber chart is just all over the place. Yeah. And you can kind of see that this is the daily charts, that all these candles are daily candles. And if you've looked at any of the charts previously in our spaces and obviously this one today, the, the daily candles seem to be a bit more solid. This one's just all over the place. It's up, down, up, down. Um, and I, I don't know what to make of it. So what I've done is I've just drawn some, some, some levels here, so 80, 93, 102, and 120. These are the most defined levels I can see. Um, and this one, if I was going to trade it at all, which I do not plan to do at any point, <laughs> trading between the levels, to be honest with you. Um, but that's my kind of thoughts on the stock. Obviously, long-term barber has is, 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 is been said as it could be a good shout, um, a good play, etc. It's not an interest for me personally. And if anyone doesn't know, it's basically the Amazon of China. Is that right? Am, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, um, so generally looking at this chart, playing the levels, and we can see the moving averages again all over the place. Um, you've got that kind of 200 going straight through the middle, so maybe we can move towards that. Um, but if, yeah, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on this chart, but to me it's just a bit chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Kay, I'll let you go first. I have some thoughts. Okay, yeah, so I think a um, couple couple things, right? You know, First of all, of course, you know, you have uh, Alibaba is, Say that's the Amazon of China. Uh, the the problem with in this scenario with Baba is that a lot of retail investors were investing in Baba because Charlie Munger was investing in Baba. So you know investors who follow super investors they generally invest in those stocks. So that was one one aspect. Second, of course, you always have China and U.S. Um, relationship issue. Uh, every time the relationship goes south, you know stocks like these get impacted. Yeah. However, long term we still see. Baba as some 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 as a stock that could go up a lot. So I do think that even from Wall Street standpoint, there is a strong buy. Interestingly, there is not a single sell on Baba. So there is a very strong buy on buying ah. the stock because it really fell down to fifty eight dollars, and I think it is in the undervalued territory. So unless there is a really uh, detrimental impact between U.S. and China relationship, I think Baba would be one of the favorites. Having said that, I think 82 is a solid support level. It did bounce off from that. Yep. But honestly, there are so many gaps this candle has to fill. Even I have no clue what's going on with this chart. And I probably <laughs> stay away from Chinese stocks uh, in general, barring Neo, which I got into a long time ago. Well, I got excited last week when this one was brought to our attention because I was like, you know, I stopped looking at Baba because it had been falling off so bad. So I started taking a look at the chart and... Sean, you mentioned that the the moving averages are all over the place. And whenever I see that, I uh, actually try to find which one is making the most sense. And and really for Baba, there's not really one that's working really well, except for (laughs) the longer longer moving average. And so you like the 200-day, I like the 150. Um, And when I look at the 150, it's not too far off from your 200 here. And Effectively, we just cannot get over it. Every time we get over just a little bit for, for Baba, it just comes right back down. And that's where we're at right now. For the 150-day, 
we're right up against um, that moving average. And I wouldn't be surprised to see that being more resistance. And then also just like zooming back and trying to find a strong level, $90, 90 to 92, which you've got 93, 43. So yeah, that makes sense. Actually, probably 90 to 93 um, is what I was looking at here. And that seems like either a make or break level. Once we get above or below, it moves quite a bit. Um, we've seen it oscillate right around 90, and I think we're about to see it hit that level again. And I just don't have a lot of conviction that, or I don't see a lot to give me conviction, I should say, that it would be moving higher. RSI has ticked up nicely, though, um, in this last little bounce. So, you know, I, I agree with you guys. There's not nothing strong here, but uh, it's very interesting, and I think it could be, uh, giving us strong signals if it makes a move one way or another here pretty quick, but uh, it's a wait and see for me. Yeah, I yep. I like that we're all in agreement. One of these days we're going to have vehement like disagreement, and it is going to be awesome. But for now, <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't always agree, but generally we do. This is true. This is true. Let's see. Um, all right, so I've got two more from you, and they'll jump over the the. Tickers I posted on, but you got Airbnb, which I am definitely interested in. What are your thoughts on Airbnb, Sean? So Airbnb, this, so this is basically from the beginning of the year. The, the orange line that you see at the front of the chart, or the left side of the chart, should I say, is the first traded day of this year. And we're on the two-hour candle chart, so that's why everything looks a bit smaller and a little bit more volatile, because obviously it's just a two-hour chart. And um, what I can see here is a bit of a, a, bit of a wedge, and then we're holding that 200 um, moving average line. And if we can bounce off that and make a move above through the trend line, I'd be expecting a move back up to the kind of 140 range, personally. Um, but generally, I just want to kind of applaud how the stock has done this year so far. Obviously, it's a, it's a game changer in the kind of retail space, a real estate space. You know, the, I'm sure we've all been to different Airbnbs. Yeah. I personally really enjoy them. Absolutely. Um, you said a few weeks ago that the prices have gone up. <laughs> um, I haven't seen that so much in England so far. Um, but really, you can see the info box I put almost smack bang in the middle of the chart there, which is almost a 40% rise in this year alone. So, um, and, and you can see that that's pretty good performance. And I think it could actually increase. I think it could go up from here. And if we did break that trend line down, um, we'd be looking to come back down to kind of 90, what's that, about 97 the 100 mark, maybe 100 might be a bit more psychological level. Mm -hmm. so if we did break that trend line negatively, maybe down to that 100 level mark. I don't know if your thoughts are on this chart, or you've got some options data perhaps. Okay. Okay, I'm going first because I'm excited about this chart. I love so yeah, many yeah, things about it. Sean, <laughs> uh, I love that you zoomed in. Everybody talks about zooming out, and sometimes when you zoom in and use the two hour, or I like the four hour, um, you can get some really good, uh, you know, a more definition around patterns that are forming. And you, you pointed out that this is up almost 40% on the year, 37%. Um, and that might share, scare people away, but I've learned quite a bit from one book in particular. I'll just mention it. It's called Trade Like a Stock Market Wizard by Mark Minervini. Um, I don't get any, any kind of, there's no reason to plug that other than to tell you guys good information. I don't know Mark. He doesn't know me. Um, but, it's a great book because it pointed out like when you have stocks making big moves and especially stocks that are newer in the market, introducing new 
um, ideas or new technology or whatever it is. Like Airbnb is a whole new concept. Um, it's been around a little bit, but it's still relatively new. When you get a breakout like this, sometimes that's institutional buying. And sometimes it's just the actual um, rec- recognition of what this is going to be across the board by retail and institutional investors. But this could be an initial breakout. And there's a lot of examples in the past where you'll see in a short amount of time, 40, 50% move. And you'll hear the talking head say, all right, well, it's, it's overheated. I'm not getting in. Only to see it move another 50, 100, 150% to the upside. And I'm not saying that's any stretch guaranteed. Nothing is, obviously. But um, it's just something to point out, right? Go back and take a look, if you like, at some of these big stocks that have broken out over the years. And you'll see they make these massive moves in a short amount of time only to follow up with even bigger moves or the same size moves. And eventually, you know, you run out of steam, some momentum, but um, it can be impressive to watch. And I think that, you know, Airbnb, Airbnb has all the markings. So it's something I would watch. I'm not saying pile in by any stretch, but I'm saying something definitely worth watching. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. Uh, I'll calm down. Kay, what were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think from an option perspective, this is not the best option stock that you would want to It's expensive, to right? It's expensive. It's, it's expensive. Uh, the premiums are relatively the amount you will pay to invest in this and then actually use for options. You won't get a good bang for your buck. There's not much open interest, like a few hundred. So this is definitely not something you would do for options. However, uh, if you if you are going to invest in a long term perspective, I think Airbnb you should really follow the revenue. The revenue has been going up quarter over quarter, right? So that's that's yeah. one of the great signs. The revenue was up forty percent year over year. That's that's amazing. Uh, you know the gross margin, the gross profit margin has gone up to eighty two percent. I'm just throwing out some random numbers here, but the valuation of the company is improving from long term investing. Couple things I also look at from a long-term perspective is how much institution ownership is there. So you have about 42% in institutional ownership. You have about 30% on the retail side. So both institutions and retailers kind of love this stock. And the next I look at is the short interest on the company. It only has 5% short interest. Of course, it's relatively higher than some of the companies with two or three percent. Companies like Apple that you know short interest you never have any short interest on that. But relatively compared to stocks like uh, more bait, high beta stocks which have higher short interest. This is a 4.96. So I think overall for me, I think Airbnb is in my long-term portfolio and I just continue to add, but something I will not touch options with this one. I don't get a good bang for my buck. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, if you're not familiar with the CanSlim method, uh, take a, go look that up. It's nothing I've invented yeah. or anything. But CanSlim I love. And this is one of those stocks where I would want to apply that to, where you go look at the earnings growth and the year over year, quarter over quarter, you look at revenue, you look at return on equity, and the numbers here for Airbnb are starting to go exactly the direction you want to see and in good good size. So, yeah, I like it. I like it all the way around. All right. Um, so DraftKings is up next, and you beat me too on this one. I like it, Sean. What, what, what got your eyes on DraftKings this week? So this one's just another kind of um, stock that's done really well this year. Again, this is a two-hour chart, and the orange line on the left side is the beginning of the year. Now, we can see that this one has gone up a whopping 60%, which is uh, 20% more than the last stock, Airbnb, 
It does. I love DraftKings. <laughs> um, yeah, and I enjoy uh, the the price action. Quite frankly, I mean, I, I I'm with you with a long term perspective. And um, Kay, I don't know about you, but where I'm at in the states, I mean, there's DraftKings commercials everywhere and all the time, especially now during basketball madness and everything. Um, but yeah, I, I I like the way this chart sets up. I am a little worried about the $20 level being resistance there and it kind of trying to get back above after that huge earnings spike um, and it just failing to do so and now just drifting lower. Um, that That's a little concerning, but uh, if it holds up here and we get get some that, that uh, trend line to break, then yeah, I, I really like the way that would look and where that could potentially go. Um, so yeah, I, I like the chart overall. I would wait for that break, though, uh, to the upside before getting too excited. And then I would be cautious or taking profits as it got back near 20, just because of historically you know, how that's played out. What would you add, Kay? Um, just from the option standpoint, I think it definitely has the markings of something you can use that for a weekly. Uh, there are a lot more call options on the open interest side. So at 18, you have 1,000 plus. At 1850, you have almost 5,000 open interest. And then, you know, 3,000, 2,000 like that. Whereas on the put side, it's only a few hundred. So I think there's much more bullish uh, momentum from the options standpoint, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the premiums you can get selling calls, which is what I was doing with DraftKings for a minute there. Um, I mean, they were really nice premiums, which made it obvious that it was going to be tough to hang on to the shares and not have them called away. Um, but I think I was getting something like one and a half, two percent for just 10 days um, of until <laughs> the expiration and, you know, a dollar or two out of the money. So, you know, fairly fair amount out of the money and um, still collecting really nice premium. So, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And at an $800 today, you can get uh, $45, which is almost what, 2.7 for five days of trading. That's, that's amazing returns. Yeah, that's really strong. All right. Good stuff on DraftKings. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Just want to add in a bit about just general technical analysis that we're doing here. Yeah. Um, leave a comment in the in the space if you do like these two-hour charts. The reason I do them, um, obviously, this is the first week I've done them on, on this space, is because you mentioned earlier, Nate, where you, people used the four-hour. The reason I like to use the two-hour is to kind of break down the detail a bit more. 
and to see a bit more price action, especially kind of me personally as a trader. It works quite nicely for me, the two-hour chart. Um, so if you, if you do want to see more two-hour charts, obviously it's okay for you too, of course. Uh, leave a comment on this, in the space, and be, I'd be lovely. Uh, I'd love to do some more two-hour charts in the coming spaces, coming weeks, etc. Yeah, let us know. This is that's. I would like to know. I like to see them, and I like that you do the two-hour because it does. It shows a little bit more of the, uh, you know, the trading action and where the consolidation happens. Um, yeah, definitely. Let us know. That's the comment bubble in the bottom right there. And send us messages, a DM if you like. If we can't get to charts this week, we'll get to them next week. But yeah, I want to definitely take a look at what you guys want to see out there. So thanks for tuning in and send those requests on over. We'll mark up the charts and we'll take a look. Absolutely. So just a little example of that. We did Barber this week from a, from a request last week. So we, we do do them. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a good one to look at, despite how crazy it is <laughs> and how hard it is to analyze that one. Um, it, it was a good one to look at. All right, good stuff. Well, um, I think we're going to jump over. We're going to flip the switch and go over to Tesla next. Is that what I've got posted? Yeah, Tesla. So um, this chart here I kept kind of simple, as I uh, tend to do, and noted that I adjusted that line there, 204. Um, it's a key level. We've had support there before and resistance. Um, and, you know, we broke above a little bit to test that 150-day moving average. Um, but this being the daily chart, that we keep rejecting there. And so that's this, the moving average I'm paying attention to. Um, I'm worried that we're just going to see this move lower and eventually fill that gap, which is that rectangle box I've got lower. Um, so I, I'm not too excited for upside in, unless we get serious break with serious volume uh, back above 204. Um, and then I would look for it to, you know, have to get above 220 initially, and that should give give you a nice sign that you're, um, you know, we've got the upside momentum back in play. Um, and, it, and then you can see, and I didn't draw it out, but there's a little bit of an upward momentum trend line you could draw going back from the start of the year. I mean, obviously Tesla's performed really well this year um, after the big fall off, but um, that's that's what I'm seeing. The support of the 50-day moving average, which would be where that trend line would draw, and is helping out. But we've got this resistance and the 150-day moving average resistance. It's it's a that same mixed signals story here. And so for me, as far as a trade would be concerned, uh, again I'd want it back above 204 first, and then a retest before looking for more upside towards 220. And to the downside, if you want to want to play that action. Uh, I would definitely look at, you know, I mean, you could actually get in now given where the rejection took place. But if we get another rejection, if it moves back up and tests and pulls back, um, that would be a, a nice quick double test of the 150 here in a short order. And, you know, I would see it moving lower. Um, but I think, again, now we've already seen a rejection fairly strong. And if it breaks below that 20-day moving average, which is the yellow line sliding in there, you know, the 50 is really close. So this stock moves in big, you know, big moves, big swings. So it'd probably break right through it if we got enough momentum. That's enough talking for me. What do you, what do you see here, Sean? Yeah, you mentioned the, the trend line if you drew it from the beginning of the year up to where we kind of are now. Um, and you also mentioned the 150 moving average, uh, average line. You could also draw a trend line in a similar sort of fashion and it would create a, a wedge of sorts. Um, and that could couple potentially with the 50-day moving average, which is the lighter blue line. Um, so if we broke that, not only would we be breaking the, the 20, 
we've written the 50 and the trend line downwards, um, which for me that's three indicators that I'm not so positive. Um, so if we did break that to the, to the lower side, then perhaps that would be quite a vicious move. Um, but yeah, like you said, for the stock, if it does bounce, you'd be looking for it to bounce in the next few days. Okay, I know you've got stuff to say about Tesla. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think um, from an option perspective, I think apart from Apple, Tesla is one of the companies that pays you handsome premium for trading options. Now, we do have a buy rating from analysts. Now, if I draw a FIB level on the chart, I do think that 208 is your resistance level for Tesla. But the, on, the, on the brighter side the, is that the lithium prices have come down recently. And that could be seen as a momentum, a bullish momentum for the stock. And uh, that's something to also track on because Tesla is also a news-driven company. Depends on how, how you play it. Um, however, the stock has run up 76% year-to-date, so you have to also keep into account how much more do we have in the tank until we see a little bit of downside. I know there were some people talking about 150 level, $150, the stock may fall, so keep that also in, in perspective. But on the options, quickly looking at it, you definitely see a lot more bullish action. 19,000 open interest at $200, whereas 9,000 open interest at 190 considering the stock does move pretty violently, you know, $10 is not a big deal for Tesla. So keep that in, um, um, in yeah. account if you're trading Tesla. Exactly right. $10 is, uh, is five minutes in Tesla. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, um, keeping with trying to look at the positive moves and more upside um, in this crazy market. I've got First Solar up next. FSLR is the ticker. I keep talking about this one because it is doing so well. Um, this is one of those, again, that to go back to the, you've got big gains and you think, oh, this must cool off. Well, you know, it moved from roughly 100 up to 130 and did cool off back to 118, but then took off again and got all the way back up to 160 before cooling off to 140 and then moved all the way up to 180, right? So this continuation with making higher highs and higher lows, um, it's not showing any signs of, of slowing down. And so what I like to look for is taking advantage when things come back down to the test the prior high. And we got a nice bounce last week. And just as we wanted to see off of the, uh, the 20 day moving average. And now uh, I expect that to continue to hold like the 20 looks like it wants to hold. So hopefully that continues this week. This week we see more upside and, if we don't, we'll have a double top there, right? That's what I'm seeing. So I want to see that break back up above 220, get running, and not get a double top. Because if we do see that, I think we come back down to that light blue 50-day moving average. And you know, near, I'm not saying we'll not necessarily test 180, um, but that would be you know what I would be looking at. It could show some support, though, around that 197, right where it bounced off the 20-day. It looks like, you know, that could form your next shelf uh, for a level to, you know, for consolidation and a level to bounce off of. So this is this is my favorite one. I think you guys have picked up on that. <laughs> Anything else to add here, Sean? Uh, just the, that second to last candle is a very big topping tail, which to me looks like the sellers are coming in at that point, at that 220 level. Yeah. Um, so I think that in the coming days, that's for sure. If we were to look up to that 220, perhaps another big rejection. If that was the case, then maybe that's a harder level to break through than we think. Yep, that's exactly what I'm watching. 
Okay, is there... I can't remember if we talked about options action on for Solar, but was I think this was one where the spreads were pretty wide, but I might have that wrong. No, 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 you're right. The spreads are wide, and, and the open interest is not that big, but there is it at the 220 level. So generally, you have about 160, 200, 300 open interest. At 220 for next week, you have a good 3,000 plus open interest. Uh, and the and the bid ask is one eighty five two thirty three. So that's a pretty big margin between bid and ask. So if you are trading options, most likely it will be filled somewhere in the middle, um, and that's why we prefer with a more liquidity so that it can fill faster. Uh, because as the price moves, you know the option prices moves uh, pretty violently as well. So right, and it's something I would not be in in options and for, for such a low liquidity. It's a, it's harder to trade the options for first solo. I think I would recommend, you know, recommend it only for more experienced options traders because of all the points you just made. Um, but from a common stock standpoint, I mean, the great thing about it is it moves enough to where you can get really solid gains. You, you know, there's 20, 30% gains back there around that chart where, uh, and just in just the common stock. So it's, it's a nice short term trade, but it also looks like it's setting up nicely for the long term. Oh, it's, a, it's a great chart. All right, so let's look at the chips again. So we've got NVIDIA. Kay, you wanted me to pull up a chart on NVIDIA. What were you seeing? Well, I think uh, a couple of questions, uh, you know, generally the analysts are asking now is how much uh, upside do we really have with NVIDIA? Because I, I believe since it has run up 87%, and with the whole AI hype, uh, NVIDIA is, of course, positioned very well with that hype. Right, it, it, it definitely has gained a lot of momentum. So question is that, and even on the options side, we are seeing a lot more bullish calls at 5,000, 6,000 open interest at these, you know, 270, 275 levels. But, you know, if you are not investing, uh, if you're not investing for a long-term question is how much do you really have upside? For short term, I'm really debating about taking some profits off the table, considering I'm in the 70, 80% range of profits. Uh, but it, it, this is a this is a very tricky situation. It can also rip up, considering AI hype is there, and a lot of companies. And I know that you have a chart for Anet, which we can talk a little bit later. Uh, but that that's what I'm seeing here, honestly. It's it's a very I, I'm I'm split between whether I should take profits off or should I continue investing and trading options in this one. You you've got some nice gains already. It's good you're taking some of that off the off the table. You've got to do that, especially in this volatile of a market, right? You, you take your profits when you can get them. And if you want to roll to higher upside, use a portion of those profits. That's that's my how I roll. That's how I go about it, how I roll. And uh, like literally <laughs> how I roll. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I recommend that uh, it's, it, when you have a, a market like 2020, when things are just ripping to the upside and not slowing down whatsoever, uh, it's a little easier to let your winners run. And You'll, you can get you can reap the rewards, but that's not the market we're in right now. We're trading a sideways market at best. Exactly, and and for folks who will say as a counter uh, argument that it pays dividend, the dividend yield is practically nothing for Nvidia. So it even though it pays dividend, it's really not a dividend. Uh, you know, you cannot re- rely on dividend. You really need a lot of stocks to really see some meaningful dividends. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think I think profit taking is important. I think nobody became poorer by taking profit. That's right. That is right. hundred percent in the chart, you know, looking at the chart, we've got a nice rounding 
I, I had commented a few weeks back that it looked like a reverse head and shoulders pattern, and we and it broke out from that. Um, and now, it, I mean, it's pretty extended here. That's a pretty steep run. But the 20 days holding, the 20 day moving average is holding the yellow line there. And so now we're testing that 260. I've got 267.75 here as prior resistance and current support. And if it can hold here, I mean, that's super promising. I don't fully expect it. Um, but like you said, that AI news could really get this stock moving. And, you know, I would consider that speculation, right? I mean, that's, that's what we're doing. We're talking about speculating in that respect. So I would be allocating massive percentages, but I think it's a fair uh, point to speculate. And NVIDIA is clearly a leader in the space and the chart is very constructive. And so we're talking charts here. Uh, if we can hold this level and move higher, um, next level up I've got is, oh man, is that 286? Yeah, 286.50. I yeah. Need, need to get better glasses apparently. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, 286.50 and then you're talking the 300s and again, the three handle again. And I, that's, that's a tall order given how much we've already run uh, for the year and going all the way back to October of last year. Exactly. Yeah. I think just a, just a note on there, that 286 level last time we touched that, it sold off about, I don't know what percentage that is, about 20%, maybe slightly more, in the space of like two and a half weeks. <laughs> yeah, it did. So that's clearly a good selling point, isn't it? So that does happen and perhaps a vicious move down, not obviously past performances and the future, but... You know, I worked at a mutual fund for a while, and that phrase is burned into my head. We, you know, I, I said that so many times. Past performance is not an indication of future, uh, for future returns. And uh, yeah, that's a that's right. That is right. We are using these charts to help with our probabilities, um, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, Nvidia is it's the leader, and um, I've said this before, though. Like, I, I like what it's doing, but my eyes in, in the chip space has shifted over to uh, on semiconductor ticker ON. And similar to the first solar um, chart, it's bottom left, upper right. It's a really nice looking chart, retesting you know prior resistance and forming new support levels and then breaking through those. And actually, Sean, what I'm seeing here now, I'm looking at it and after seeing your Micron chart, Oh, did I lose you guys? Hey, I'm back. Hey. Dang. I was saying so much good stuff, you guys. I was like, I was on a, I was on a riff. <laughs> um, I don't know if you have any further thoughts on this, Kay, <laughs> by looking at this chart. 
Um, I, th I think we do see a negative uh, sentiment, right? Medium term bearish because the 50 day moving average has what crossed the price here. Is what I'm seeing. I think so. It's I coming think, in yeah. right yeah. at. Very solid trust, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and on the option side again, pretty widespread bid and ask, not much open interest. You guys got me again now? Yeah, we can hear you, Nate. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Sorry about that. So. Yeah, Sean, that was great. Your your read on the chart was was right in line with where I was going. But and uh, what I was saying on this is, and I don't know where I cut off, so I'll just quickly get recut recap. This is similar to first solar bottom left, upper right, right. A really nice chart. Prior resistance is now becoming support on multiple levels, and then we retest that support and move higher. And so that's what we're seeing here. I think at seventy six, seventy five, and you know. Looking at Micron, that was the other piece that I was, uh, you know, really excited to, to see, uh, just kind of right now form in front of my eyes after looking at that Micron chart where you showed there was a range and then a higher range that we moved up that, that we were in previously and could target moving forward to again. Um, that's, looks like we're in, we've done that here. We had a range we were in, we've broken out of it. Now we're back above that and now 76, 75 is the lower end with 87 being the upper end. I could see us trade between those levels. And I would like to see, as Kay was pointing out, the 50-day, the light blue, uh, holding here. We, we did cross below it a bit, but we're holding it. Uh, we could hold it and move higher next week. So, um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at as far as on semiconductors. It, it's leading the leading a nice chart here, so I'm looking for more. Let's see here. Got to get folks back in. I think I lost Sean. We get you back, Sean. We've got get me back. Yeah, some, some reason I just couldn't hear you at all. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that a third time, so we're going to move on. <laughs> no, no, I, I heard it. Yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, let's see here. So next up is ticker ANET. So this is Arista Networks. And this is another one that I brought forward previously, uh, which was great because I don't think that uh, you or Kay, I think it was, at least you had said that you had not really come across this one. Um, and this is a weekly chart. So I noted that in the top center here so I don't forget. And what you see is a really nice trend to the upside. Uh, we've retested this green trend line that I put in here. I know it's green because my wife told me it's green. And that is the color I've gone with. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, now we've, you can see it bounces, and when it's moved higher, it's made higher highs. So I, I really like to see that. Um, now, this is really extended. I mean, you've got effectively two straight weeks of really big moves up, uh, break into new highs, and uh, all, all great on positive earnings uh, news. And so really great to see for uh, Arista. And if you're feeling like you might have missed out on getting in on this for a long-term investment, um I think we might get a pullback as this will kind of rest. Typically, that's what you see when you see a big move across two weeks like this. I mean, you can see it historically. You just go back to October of last year, huge move up and a continuation higher only to kind of pull all the way back to where it started um, and then continue higher. So uh, if you're looking to get in here, it's an interesting company. Uh, and you know, maybe in one of these weeks, we could do a deep dive on just a couple of our top companies on what they do 
uh, Sean and Kay and, you know, make a space on that. Cause I think it'd be interesting for these longer term investments that we're interested in, like Neo and Arista. I think so. Yeah. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Separate space. You're saying yes, Sean. Yeah, what are you gonna say, Kay? No, I, I think I think for folks uh, who are looking into exposure into more AI, and I, I think AI is going to become a major part of the economy, just like you have healthcare and um, uh, tech. Um, I think this is one of the stocks that you should definitely keep an eye on because it's not something that uh, retail investors generally talk about. Most of these companies, like GitLab or Arista Networks, is mostly institutional owned companies. So it's not on the on our radar for retail investors. Um, I would be careful opening a position. If you already have a position and you're adding it, that's a different strategy. But if you're opening a position, again, not a financial advice, but you have to be careful. The stock has run up a lot, and if, mostly because of the AI hype that has happened over the last couple of months because of the launch of ChatGPT. And uh, Arisa Networks also came out uh, a lot of analysts started covering back. Goldman Sachs actually started covering uh, all these uh, semi, not semiconductor, but AI-related stocks, networking stocks. And uh, there are a couple others like Juniper Networks, F5, Cisco. They are the peers of Arista Networks. So keep those also uh, in your radar. Uh, but some things I would definitely hold off from opening a new position here. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah, it's just really got extended here. I don't blame you, Kay. And uh, I do like it for the long term. And uh, everybody's got their own strategy for your own, uh, you know, what your own position is. And we're not advisors, as you mentioned, but uh, definitely an interesting chart and just really nice movement for, for ANET. Um, that is the last chart, but I wanted to comment on one other ticker here because I mentioned it to both of you and I didn't get a chance to post it here, but it's in my newsletter. Um, there's a link in the bio. It's in, I'm writing about my covered call portfolio. And then every week I talk about what I've traded the prior week and what I'm looking to trade the upcoming week for the portfolio. And this week I'm looking at potentially um, taking a position in Luminar Technologies, LAZR, strictly short-term trade. Um, but the, the, there's some upside potential and there's a, there's a downtrend break. So that's what I'm looking at. If you're interested, you can take a read, in, uh, like I mentioned, in my Substack. The link is in the bio. And uh, maybe we'll take a look at this one next week and see how it played out. So that's ticker LAZR. I just want to mention that. But hey, guys, this has been great yet again. I mean, I really enjoy it every week, like I say every week, because I do. And uh, uh, I hope you guys uh, have a great rest of your day. Sean, you're wrapping up your day, right? Anything else going on? No, no, it's 20 past 8 here now, so I'll, I'll do a bit of editing, a bit of extra work, and then I'll, I'll chip off to bed. Is the sun down finally? <laughs> it is, yeah, we're done about half an hour ago, which is actually rather pleasant, I must admit. <laughs> yeah, thanks again for all of your great analysis and uh, following up on Baba this week. That was great. And uh, yeah. K, K, appreciate you being back. And um, if you have any croissants you don't want, just send them to Sean or I. We'll take them. Sounds good, Sean. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. I love uh, all right, guys. Well, we'll uh, let's chat about getting another space put together, deep diving on a couple of uh, stocks. I think that would be great. And um, yeah, we'll reconvene again next week. And best of luck trading to you and to all the traders out there. Trade safe and, and trade wi- trade wisely. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, everyone. Bye. Take care. Bye bye.